This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Hello, welcome back. Welcome to the Joyful Courage Podcast, a place for inspiration and transformation as we work to keep it together while parenting our tweens and teens. This is real work, people. And when we can focus on our own growth and nurturing the connection with our kids, we can move through the turbulence in a way that allows for relationships to remain intact. My name's Casey O'Rourke. I am your fearless host. I'm a positive discipline trainer, space holder, coach, and the adolescent lead at Sproutable. Also, mama to a 20-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old son, I am walking right beside you on the path of raising our kids with positive discipline and conscious parenting. This show is meant to be a resource to you, and I work really hard to keep it really real, transparent, and authentic so that you feel seen and supported. Today is a solo show, and I'm confident that what I share will be useful to you. Please don't forget, sharing truly is caring. If you love today's show, please, please pass the link around, snap a screenshot, post it on your socials, or text it to your friends. Together, we can make an even bigger impact on families around the globe. If you're feeling extra special, you can rate and review us over in Apple Podcasts. I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited I get to hang out with you today. How's it going out there? It's exciting times over here. I've been mentioning this a lot. And in my newsletters and here on the pod, it's the end of the school year. That's the season we're in over here. And there are a lot of feels that are coming up for parents. I'm hearing it from parents in my community. I'm seeing it online. Kids and parents moving into this summer transition is, uh, yeah, it's good times. It's challenging. It's all the things, right? For me, I'm just kind of tripping out that my son just finished his junior year, that my youngest kiddo is moving into his last year of high school, his last year that he'll be home with us full time. It's so crazy. This one is totally college bound. So I know that unless something drastic happens over the next 12 months, this is an appropriate expectation that he will be leaving the nest. What a time. 
What a time of life for our kids, right? I have vivid memories of the summer between my junior and senior year of high school. I went away to camp. I was a camp counselor at my beloved Catalina Island camp. Oh my gosh, best time, best sleepaway camp. And I waited all year, every year to head back. I was 16 years old. Between my junior and senior year, I was really aware that I was heading into this last year of high school. I was so excited and I felt pretty grown up, right? Pretty grown up, even as I was kind of on the younger end of my peer group. And some of you have graduates this year. Some of your kids maybe turned 18 over their senior year. And as our kids get older, there's definitely this tension, right, of, oh, I'm 18 now, so I can do what I want, (laughs) right? That mindset from them. And then our mindset of, well, hold up, you still live in our house, you still live under our roof. And there can become some conflicting mentalities, right? Some conflict that shows up between our kids really pushing out and us really kind of trying to pull them in, and it can feel like an either-or versus a both-and. So I got a message at Sproutable. We do have this opportunity for people to write in questions, and we use some of the questions for blog posts or for podcasts. And I got a question from a mama, and I wanted to bring it on the podcast because this mom definitely is experiencing that tension. And so I wanted to tease it apart here on the show for everyone so that we can kind of play around and roll around in how to be in relationship with our growing teens, getting closer and closer to young adulthood while continuing to hold expectations and boundaries in the household, which can feel really tricky. So here's what this mom wrote. She said, here's the situation. My son will be turning 19 one week after he graduates from high school in June. So I'm guessing he's probably enjoying a birthday right about now. So he's been 18 his entire senior year. This has become a problem because he wants to exercise his newfound independence and not care about school challenge us on his curfew, have no chores, and be able to come and go as he pleases. All of this is compounded by his bad attitude, rudeness to us, reckless driving, poor choices. Here are our expectations. One, as a family, we share the chores around the house. It's been like this for years. We feel like it's just part of being a family and living in the same household. Number two, we think that since he's working and going to school, being out with his friends three nights a week is reasonable. His Friday and Saturday curfew is 12 a.m., weeknights is 10. His grades are suffering. Okay, so now here's my question, says the mama. Are these too many restrictions? He's really challenging us by saying he's depressed because he can't hang out with friends. We feel like he's trying to manipulate us. Should we be stern and hold our ground? What kind of consequences should there be? Thank you for reading. I want to start off by saying I have not talked to this mom. There's lots of things I don't know about the family dynamic, but I'm going to do my best in sharing what comes up for me when I read this question. So I want to start with the idea that once our kids are 18, they get to do whatever they want and we have no control, right? So it's so funny, like 18, I mean, it's just hilarious to me that that's like, now you're an adult, like 18-year-olds 
are babies. They're children. <laughs> like they are still so young. And so even though we do send them off to war and they can do crazy things once they're 18, it doesn't really line up for me with like, you know, their ability, their emotional intelligence, their experience of the world. Anyway, that's side note. Let's kind of dig into this idea. So first of all, we didn't have control to begin with, right? What we have is influence, and that is directly related to the relationship we have with our kids. Okay, I'm gonna say that again. We don't have control, whether they're 16 or 18, we don't have control. We have influence, and influence is directly related to the relationship that we have nurtured over time with our teens. We think we have control because sometimes when we hold things like the phone or the car or allowance hostage and dependent on our kids' behavior, well, it can feel like we have power over them. Even then, we don't. All they really need to say is, you know what? Keep the phone. I'm out of here to let us know that this is a short-term tactic, right? Once our kids move into 16, 17, 18, we really should be moving into a co-creation of expectations and agreements with them. Like, hopefully we've been doing that all the time, right? Because that's just what we do in positive discipline. We co-create. But really, this becomes really important in the later teen years. Their behaviors and choices affect us and them. This is how we get to hold it. This is where we get to say, hey, what is important to you to create and achieve in your life, right? while also holding space for here's what works for us as a team or a unit, right? And you are, you teenager, you're a part of this team. So the co-creation really is around helping our kids decide and figure out and look at what is important to you, right? What do you want to create? How do you want this to feel and be? While also holding space for conversations around the whole, right? There's the me and there's the we. Dan Siegel calls it the we, putting both together. Also, we parents get to up-level our expectations and move away from thinking that our teens should do things because we tell them to and move towards a more authentic mindset around courtesy and contribution because we all live together, right? And all of this requires conversation and deep listening on our part. More listening than we're probably already doing. We really need to hear what it is that our kids want and what's getting in the way. And yes, they want their independence. And it is getting increasingly more important for us to offer up the space for practicing independence as time moves closer to them leaving the nest, right? And independence is not the same as entitlement and complete neglect and dismissal of the people that you're living with. That's not a part of independence. 
Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP? It offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Keep in mind, they've experienced us making up all the rules until now, right? They've experienced us having the final say and doubling down when we feel like those rules aren't being followed. Even those of us that are really committed to positive discipline and to co-creation, you know, over time, most of us, many of us have also held sway as far as like, I mean, I'm thinking about myself, okay? So practicing positive discipline is always my goal. And yeah, at the end of the day, if a no needs to be stated, I will state the no. And that's that, right? And now I've got these kids that are 17 and 20. I mean, the 20-year-old's out of the house. But if I want to be a no on something, I have to have a really quality reason and even then, I've got this 17-year-old who's going to push back. He's going to negotiate. And 
while sometimes it feels like, oh my God, are we negotiating again? Like, I'm over this. Just take the no. At the same time, what do I want for my kid? I want my kid to be able to negotiate. I want him to feel confident and to state what it is that he needs. I want him to push back, right? To push back and to fight and to advocate for himself. And that's really what he gets to practice with me. So there you go. Good times. Keep in mind also that our kids, you know, they've experienced us throughout their whole life. So it makes perfect sense that they're pushing back against that as their days of freedom approach. Their behavior makes sense. And as they see their days of making their own decisions and choices on the horizon, right? One day I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to be on my own. Their eyes are more open to the ways that we may be trying to tie them down. And they can experience that as dismissive, disrespectful, not valuing them, being out of sync with what it is they want. And this is a hard place to be. And it isn't necessarily in their consciousness. It's not like our teens are like, you know, I mean, I feel like we're just a drag, right? That's really how it manifests for them. My parents are such a drag and they don't want to be around us. And they feel like we're always on their case, right? So it makes sense that as we're trying to navigate this space of freedom within structure, right? And giving them space, but also holding them accountable. It makes sense that they're irritated and it can come across as rude towards us and really not wanting to spend time with us. So again, behavior makes sense. It's important to keep that in mind. So let's get back to the rest of the mama's share. So She says, as a family, we share the chores around the house. And it's been like this for years. We feel like it's just part of being a family and living in the same house. Yes, awesome. Yes, this is encouraging to me to hear. Contributions are something that has been the fabric of this family, right? What I would also encourage all of us to do is to hold the mindset that we live together, we contribute, right? We live together so we contribute to the space that we share. I would also say that as our kids get older, we're shifting into more of a roommate situation when it comes to chores and contributions and really how we treat each other. So really come at it from that mindset. What would a roommate consider logical expectations? So you could have this kind of combo with your kid. Hey, babe, I know you're one foot out the door and we totally get that. You're ready to jump the nest and it's a super exciting time of life for you. Our job at this point is to hold space for you to practice being on your own, right? Our job is to create a place where you get to practice being a good roommate. So what does that mean to you? What does being a good roommate mean to you, right? And then ask him about what he thinks a roommate should be responsible for. My thoughts on this would be like, absolutely, you clean up after yourself. You don't leave your shit everywhere. You're willing to help out with dishes, or clean up on a project or a meal that you've been a part of. You do your own laundry, right? That is what is courteous to the other people that share the home with you, right? There may be a list to choose from, like vacuuming once a week or emptying the dishwasher, taking out the garbage. But this needs to be a conversation that includes him and isn't dictating what he has to do. It's really like shifting from you know, the dynamic of your child in front of you and the finger being pointed and here's what you need to do to like coming alongside him 
and taking a look. Like, here's our shared reality, right? Here's our shared reality. What makes sense? What makes sense as far as how we are treating each other and treating our space, right? The mom also writes, we think that since he's working and going to school, being out with his friends three nights a week is reasonable. His Friday and Saturday curfew is 12 a.m. Weeknight is 10 p.m. So school's out at this point. So I'm a little bit late to this question, but I want to talk about curfew. And I think I've mentioned on the podcast, I've definitely talked about it in my newsletter. We are actively having this conversation at our house. I want my kid to have a lot of repetition with thinking about what he's got going on, what he needs to do the next day, and then considering what makes sense for him to come up with. I want him to think about sleep. You know, I want him to build up the consideration muscles. I want him to think ahead and make his own decisions before he's out on his own without, you know, a parent telling him when he should be home. So right now it is expected and kind of alive in our house that he shares what's going on. He shares where he's going and who he's going to be with. And that's just how we roll over here. I don't know that I necessarily made it a thing. Like we have to know all the things. It's just kind of how it's come about. And Ian lets me know what he's planning on doing. And I ask him what time he's going to be home, depending on what the thing is, you know, like I'm going to share in a minute. He went to like a party in the woods and I knew there'd be drinking. I knew there'd probably be some pot smoking. And so we talked about that. We talked about staying safe and, you know, making choices that were good for him. Right. So when he tells me about what he's going to do and I say, well, what time do you think you're going to be home? Lately, he'll say, for some things, he'll say, well, when do you want me to be home? And I try to pitch it back to him and say, well, what do you have going on tomorrow? What makes sense to you? What's going to support you in getting enough sleep? And, you know, I might say a time and then he'll say a time and then we'll figure out something that works for him. The beauty of this exchange is that the idea of thinking about the next day and getting enough sleep is embedded into the conversation. I want him, like I said, I want him to get used to these considerations as he inches closer to being out there on his own. In a year, he will be 18. He will be thinking about going away to college. You know, there's going to be all sorts of fun, exciting things that he's going to get to choose to do while also being in school. So I want him to really practice being with all the things and making the best choice for him. My hard line, well, before I get to that, one of the big lessons, right? I think this is important to state. One of the big lessons is not getting it right, is having too late of a night and then the following day feels a certain way because of lack of sleep. Giving him the space to connect those dots and having those experiences teaches him what he wants to do that next time. And maybe living through the tired day is what he chooses. If the event or experience that he wants to have the night before is a big enough reward. So keeping that in mind too. And how many times have we done the exact same thing, right? I've gone to midweek concerts and have to show up to work the next day and it's brutal. And I had a great time at the concert. So it's about accruing experiences to make ever more informed choices, right? Right. 
I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. My hard line, though, is knowing when he's going to be home and having him follow through, right? Because that's safety. We recently had a situation just this last weekend where he went to a party in the woods knowing there would be no self-service. We knew that, too. And he committed to coming home at a certain time. Great. And then his car got blocked in. And he wasn't home until really late. Like, he says he got home at 3 a.m. I was awake at 1.45. He was supposed to be home by one. He wasn't home yet. I couldn't see where he was. I couldn't text him. Well, I did text him, but I knew it wasn't going to go through. I had all the dead in a ditch scenarios. I knew there was nothing I could do in that moment. So I went back to sleep. I woke up at five. I looked at my phone. I still couldn't see his location, which was really scary. So I got up and I peeked in his room. And sure enough, he was in his bed. I did wake him up and said, when did you get home? I was so scared. He said, oh, we got blocked in, in the woods. We couldn't leave, blah, blah, blah. And then I left it because he was asleep and we talked about it later in the day. So this was a problem for me because I couldn't reach him. I couldn't see where he was and my head went crazy. Once he woke up and we talked more about it, he was really receptive and remorseful about what had happened. And I, you know, I just think about my own experience as a teenager and how much I lied and snuck around and never told the truth. Ian has been a kid who has been really forthright and really open to conversations. So when we had that talk and he was like, yeah, I'm really sorry. And I couldn't believe it when we got blocked in. And I believed him. He told me he had two white claws. He wasn't the driver. I believed him. I trust him. And I feel like this is another experience for him to put in his back pocket, right? On to the share from the mom. So one of the things she also mentioned is that her son's grades were suffering as well. So I just want to say, because I've done a lot of shows about this, 
I just want to say we're in the summer. Grades. Grades are theirs. I know we want to be in charge of how they do in school. Well, we don't say that out loud, but we sure have expectations for what their grades are going to look like. And we see their grades as a reflection of so much more. And not all of our kids have the internal motivation of others to pull really good grades and want to be top of class. Not all kids are like that. And they're going to be just fine. Most of us have kids that when they're interested in what they're learning, when they see the benefits of showing up and doing the work, they do it. When I say see the benefits, I don't mean you telling them the benefits, but when they can really actually see the correlation of what they're doing, getting them closer to what they want, their motivation is going to go up, right? Their motivation is going to go up. So that's a big ask from schools, right? The other shows that I have that I'm going to encourage you to listen to if you want to hear more about me talking about grades and school and it being their work. I have a great interview with Ned Johnson, episode 242, Nurturing a Self-Driven Child. I have a solo show, episode 292. It's being present with your teen's school discouragement. And then just recently, episode 385, where I talk about school avoidance with Jane Dembski, also a really useful conversation. So that's really all I'm going to say about the school and grade stuff. But again, we have influence when we have relationship with our kids. And when we have relationship with our kids, where they're willing to sit down and talk to us and let us know what's going on, right? And we can stay neutral and curious and really support them and hold a space and a container for them to connect their own dots. That's the goal, right? So the listener then writes, so here's my big questions. Are these too many restrictions? He's really challenging us by saying he's depressed because he can't hang out with friends. We feel like he's trying to manipulate us. Should we be stern and hold our ground? What kind of consequences should there be? Thank you for reading. Well, mama, thank you for writing in. Here's the deal. I love the word manipulation. I love it when parents bring this up. We get so worried about figuring out if our teens are trying to manipulate us that we forget or we don't really see all the ways that we, parents, are really working to manipulate them. The rules, the consequences, the if-thens, this is all manipulation as well. Getting them to do what we want, right? And it makes sense that they've learned us over time, right? They have learned us over time. They're working best they can to live the life that they want to live, and they know us, and they know what to say and how to say it so that we will loosen up and hear them, right? And for some kids in some dynamics, that might look like manipulation, but it's how they've learned to be with us. So really what I would encourage all of you to do is to keep peeling back those layers and getting to the realness of relationship and the core of where you're at with your kiddo. There may be, there often is, some cleaning up to do around how things have been handled in the past, right? Messages that perhaps were hurtful to your teen, they'll tell you what those were, I promise, so that you can truly be in a safe space where you can come to an understanding around what you both need, right? You might need to make amends. There might be things for you to own. Our 16, 17, 18, 19-year-olds, they should have freedom. They should have a lot of freedom. They need the practice so that they aren't totally going off the rails when they leave us, right? 
I mean, I was definitely a kid that went off the rails and I could have used a lot more practice with freedom prior to leaving home, right? And we should be continuing to nurture a relationship that allows us to say, hey, you know what? I'm noticing some stuff that I'm concerned about and I'm hoping we can have a conversation. The consequence that is the most powerful at this age is taking a real and honest look at if your decisions are helping you or hurting you, right? That is gonna be the most powerful thing that our teens can do. And what happens is we've created a dynamic where parents insert themselves into that process and teens then get to put all of their angst towards their parents. They don't have to sit with an honest look about their decisions and the effect it's having on their life. They get to sit inside of being pissed at you because you just don't get it, right? So sit next to them in curiosity, in neutrality, in non-judgment so that they can see the outcomes of their choices beyond how maybe they're disappointing or challenging you, all right? That's what I've got for you. That's what I've got for you. I hope that was useful. I hope that's helpful to the mom that wrote in. Thank you again, as well as for all of you that are listening. I'm with you. I'm walking beside you as we move into the summer. And please do not listen to this episode and hear me saying, hey, you know what? Everything goes. Do whatever you want. This is not about being permissive. This is about being realistic, connected, and helpful to our teens that are moving ever closer to being young adults. If your kiddos are younger, if you have like 14, 15 year olds, middle schoolers, listen to what I'm saying here and know that this is the direction you want to head in. So work on relationship, work on co-creating agreements and expectations now with your younger tweens and teens so that as you move towards these older teen years, you feel ever more comfortable around opening things up a little bit. Okay. If you have questions or challenges that you'd like for me to tease apart here on the podcast, I encourage you to go to www.besproutable.com slash ask dash us and fill out the form there. Your questions might be picked for a future show. That's really fun. All right. So as we close out, I invite you to take some breaths. Nice, big, deep ones. Close your eyes visualize your teenager, your tweenager in all of their light and all of their glory and trust that they're going to be just fine. You're going to move through whatever challenges are currently alive in your relationship. You're going to move through it and everybody's going to be just fine. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening in today. Thank you so much to my Sproutable partners, Julieta and Alana, as well as Danielle and Chris Mann and the team at Podshaper for all the support with getting this show out there and helping it to sound so good. Check out our offers for parents with kids of all ages and sign up for our newsletter to stay better connected at besproutable.com. Tune back in on Monday for a brand new interview and I will be back solo with you next Thursday. Have a great day. Well, hey there, busy mama. 
Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.